Hey, it's Brian Curtis from The Ringer, and I want to tell you about the Press Box podcast. The Press Box is a podcast for anybody who likes news, whether it's about sports or politics or pop culture, and wants to understand how that news really gets made. We have new shows every Monday and Thursday. We have long interviews with everyone from John Krakauer to Joe Buck. Your social media feeds are bursting with information every day. Let us help you sort it out. Join us on the Press Box. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Welcome to Extra Point Take It, Shilkapadia, here joined by Ben Solak who I swear has been in Indianapolis for like two months by now. I mean, I don't know how many podcasts we've recorded with this background. He is still at the Combine. We don't know if he's ever going to go home, even when the Combine's <laughs> over. Benny Souls, how are we doing? What can I say? It's a beautiful city. Gorgeous. Love, love being here very much in the great, the great city of Indianapolis, Indiana. Yeah, no, once your voice starts to sound like this, that's how you know you've been in Indiana a little bit too long. Yesterday, we did a Philly special at around 1.30 Eastern time. And you I didn't tell you this at the time. You definitely set the record for most yawns uh, by a co-host I've ever had. So how are you? Did, we, did we get some sleep last night or no? Are we still struggling? No, I, no. I went to bed last night at like 3. Was supposed to wake oh up at gosh. 7. Slept through my alarm this morning. Ugh. I'm talking a for real slept through my alarm. Not I woke up, turned it off, fell back asleep. Like I'm sharing a room with somebody and he was like, yeah, your phone went off at seven. You did not move. And I was like, yeah, my body was in, was in open revolt at that time. All right. Well, you got a big coffee there. It looks like, so that's good. It will get you through the next hour. We are talking free agency today. There you go. It was tall, venti, grande. What do we got there? That looks like a tall. It's grande. It's a Christmas mug. A Christmas, Christmas cup. I don't know. I feel like maybe we're, we're. We, we the collective NFL uh, appearance in, in in Indianapolis has weighed upon this one Starbucks and the JW Marriott so much that they've reverted to holiday cups. They yeah. stored in the back. They're just going to start a- any cups they can find. They're going to be given out to you. But yeah, so I got a holiday cup in February. It's there, very nice. There you go. Christmas in March. We are talking free agency today because we are just over one week away from the start of the negotiating period, that two-day period uh, where teams can talk to free agents, where they will agree in principle to deals, and then they can officially sign them on the Wednesday, the start of the league year. So here's the exercise today. It's simple. My top 50 free agents are up on the ringer.com. Definitely check that out. They are split into six tiers. So what Solak and I are doing today, we're going to go through each tier and we're each going to identify one guy who maybe we like, maybe we find interesting, whatever, somebody we want to talk about. And then we're going to also identify at least one buyer beware candidate because we know 
A lot of these free agency signings are not going to turn out well. A lot of them are going to, a year from now, we're going to be going, oh my gosh, that was a complete disaster. Uh, but we talk ourselves into it in March, April, May as we look ahead to this season. So we're going to identify some of those guys who might come with a little more risk. All right. Can I ask a uh, procedural question, Shil? Yeah. When you go to put together your top 50 free agents, how do you do it? What's, 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 the, what's the process of building this list out? We, we, we're looking at, at previous contracts. We're going back to the film. We're chatting with, with, with local beats, with team sources. How do you go about building your list? Yeah, it's probably a little bit of everything you mentioned. I, I, I just start by looking at who are the free agents that uh, mostly look at snap counts. Are who are guys who played last year who are now entering free agency? Then I look at previous salaries. Are, are the guys that were injured who are now entering free agency? Uh, and then just try to put it together. Uh, I think most of the top 50 guys uh, I have watched film of some of them, you know, listen, uh, life's too short for me to be watching offensive line film and pretend I know what I'm oh, looking bad at. Take. So, bad uh, take. Uh, I piece it together there, rely on the Brandon Thorns uh, of the world there. Uh, most of the other positions, though, I think I watch and then I cobble it together based on, hey, how much did guys get paid last year, the year before, this age profile, this position, what I think of the player, who are my favorites, who am I higher on than maybe the NFL will be, who am I lower on than maybe the NFL will be, and I put it together like that. So there you go. The best film to watch is offensive line film because they actually do something on every play. You watch safety film, seven out of eight plays are useless. Terrible. Listen, you are a football guy. I've never claimed to be a football guy. Again, life is too short. All right, here we go. First tier, okay, this is titled, Congrats, You Just Won Free Agency. These are the guys who are probably either going to be franchise tagged or either sign deals with their current teams or if they hit the market, new teams at or near the top of the market. So not all these guys are going to be available in free agency, but a lot of them are probably going to be in the news here in the next week or so. March 5th is the deadline for franchise tag. So here's who I've got. Chris Jones, Kurt Cousins, Brian Burns, Josh Allen from the Jaguars, Christian Wilkins from the Dolphins, Justin Matabuke, defensive tackle from the Ravens, T. Higgins, Jalen Johnson, corner from the Bears, Antoine Winfield, safety from the Bucks, and Legereus Sneed, corner from the Chiefs. Who is, do you have a guy in here, Solak, uh, who you like quite a bit, who you find interesting as we look ahead to these teams' decisions in the week ahead? I'm tempted to say uh, Justin Matabuki. However, uh, the title for your Matabuki section is, uh, don't forget Nate Tice liked him first, which is very true. Right? <laughs> now, Steven, if Steven were here on this podcast, Steven would bristle and say, I, st I liked him first. Steven was high on, on Matabuke coming out of A&M, just as Nate Tice was. We might need to do a little little, little Twitter off, see who's got the first tweet. He's got the earliest Matabuke reference. Okay, all right. We can do a little research on that. I want to give proper yeah. attribution. Matabuke, I think, is a name that maybe not a lot of people know and, and, and has been an ascending player with Baltimore for the last couple of years, right? There were, there were stretches 2021 for a, a couple of weeks where you could see it start coming along in 2022 for a couple of months. And he's having these, these nice runs of play. And then in 2023 contract year really coalesced. Right. And so Matabuki's name, I think maybe not a lot of people know, but this is like a high impact pass rusher from the interior. This is a three down player, defensive tackle. He's, he's an impressive guy to watch the dude that I will, I will stand my flag on is Legereus Sneed. Uh, and, and I think Sneed's a bigger name and he's known more obviously outside cornerback for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's playing in the Super Bowl. You're seeing uh, pieces on him, videos on him, breakdowns on him. Sneed is just an unbelievably, like he's a very unique player. This is a college safety who transitioned to NFL slot corner who ended up being now like NFL outside press man corner. There, the, the, the amount 
I'm, I, you can count on one hand the number of secondary players you can do more stuff with than Legereus Need. He just solves a ludicrous number of problems for you. Like, I'm here at the combine. Defensive back play is all about like, okay, what role do you fill? Press man coverage, zone corners, and you know, deep safety, strong safety. All these guys are siloed, and Snead just breaks the system. I, I, the, I, it is really hard for me to envision a world where Snead goes to a new team. Like I think he's going to get tagged and the chief said we don't want to move on from whatever. Whenever Snead goes to a new team, like it's so hard for me to imagine him being bad. Like he might not be as good as he was in Kansas City and the, the coach staff's got to figure him out and they're, and they're not as smart as bags are, but he's just so freaking useful. And so Kansas City, very right. Let, not let a 27-year-old like Legereus Snead out of the building. The peers are going to tag him and maybe listen to trade offers, but I, I'd be surprised. Uh, so if it's this year or next year, whenever Snead has the open market, man, that's that's one of my dudes. Yeah, such an interesting career arc because like you said, slot corner where you're like, oh man, Spags will blitz this guy from anywhere and, and look at him. And that's how he was used. And then this last year, he's playing outside corner and he just fantastic. I mean, uh, only Stefan Gilmore played more snaps of man coverage than Sneed last year. 258 snaps. He allowed 16 completions for 220 yards on those 258 snaps. And just like the physicality, uh, he is looking for a fight on pretty much every single snap. So yeah, that's going to be interesting to see what the Chiefs do there. It sounds like from the combine, they're saying, hey, we want to sign Chris Jones to a long-term extension, and then we might tag Legereus Need and potentially trade Legereus Need or keep Legereus Need. So I think that contract's probably going to come in around $20 million per year. Uh, top corner contract right now is $21 million per year. Um, you know, you hit free agency, you have an open market, you get paid uh, a player of his caliber is probably going to get paid around that number. So those are good ones for sure. What right, do you think? Guy, uh, uh, someone asked me last night what Chris Jones is going to get. What do you think Chris Jones is going to get? I think he may because I think he was going to beat Aaron Donald or Aaron Donald is at 31.7 million per year. And I think Chris Jones has a chance to get to like 32 or 33. I wasn't quite there before, but with the cap spike, and with how he finished that season, I just feel like, uh, you know, he's dug in and he wants that money. So Nick Bosa is at $34 million per year, highest paid uh, non-quarterback in the NFL right now. Maybe Chris Jones gets close to that, but I would probably say $32 million per year for Chris Jones. Man. I think I think I'm willing to make a funny money contract where the Adam Schefter tweet gets $32 million per year, highest paid above Aaron Donald, highest paid defensive tackle. Nuts and bolts wise, I'm not sure I want to be doing that for Chris Jones. Chris Jones is 30. Chris Jones likes to play December and January football, right? But I don't think like, you know, uh, you have to continue to incentivize Chris Jones with the contract structure. I'll put it that way, right? Like, I think you want you want to continue keeping his fire lit with the amount of money that he can earn by playing well throughout the season. I don't know. I think, I mean, he has just been such a cornerstone for them. And I want the guy who's showing up in December and January and impacting the game like he did on that Super Bowl run. Defensive tackles, uh, pass rushers. I generally I am not so much an ageist. We'll get to some positions uh, during this exercise where I'm That's like, true. I don't That's want true. a guy who's 30, 31 years old. For Chris Jones, you're probably, you know, the guarantees are probably going to be two years, maybe uh, into that 30 years. So you're talking about thir age 30, 31, and 32 seasons. You're trying to win Super Bowls right now. They don't it's it's like kind of underrated. Chiefs don't have a lot up front other than 
Chris Jones. You know, you lose him, and that is a big domino to fall where now you got to fill that need. So I, I don't know. I think I would probably be willing to go there with him, but we'll see if the Chiefs feel the same. My like is the same as our show earlier this week, so we can move on pretty quickly. That's Jalen Johnson. Uh, I, I had not just zeroed in on this guy's film, like looking at snap after snap after snap until doing this exercise. And I was just like, I love this guy. His film from last year is incredible. You talked about the versatility of Sneed, uh, Johnson, man, zone, physical, uh, good Paul production, can do all those things, smart player. So it sounds like the Bears from the combine are like, this guy's not leaving. So either they sign him to a extension, which again, I think that's probably... million per year for Jalen Johnson. He's only 25 years old, a corner in his prime with all pro potential. Um, So he's a guy I like quite a bit, someone to keep an eye on. All right. Buyer beware from this group. I'm curious to hear who you have because this is, you know, this is a this is a very good group. This is the top yeah. ten guys in free agency. So who is your buyer beware from this group? I think I think the obvious buyer beware is Kirk Cousins because of the yes. Achilles, right? Like you just you have to say you're obviously going to do it because it's Kirk Cousins, the starting quarterback in the free agent market. But when you do it, you have to beware because he popped his Achilles. He's thirty. He's thirty six. You don't know if he's going to come back from that. He's thirty six or thirty four. Thirty six. Thirty six. You don't know how yep. how nicely he's going to come back from that. Uh, so that's that's obviously there. I'm a little buyer beware on Josh Allen, the edge uh, out of Jacksonville. Josh Allen's a great player. Don't get me wrong. I would love to have a Josh Allen in my building. If you look at Josh Allen's sack totals uh, uh, over the last four seasons, right? Uh, 2020, he has two and a half. Sa- eight, rookie season, he has 10 and a half. Then it's two and a half, seven and a half, seven. And then in the, in the contract year, 17.5, right? Real big, splashy performance there in the contract season. If you look at pressure rate, you have a, 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 a similar... Uh, sensation, Thir- uh, 14%, 10%, 12%, and then 15% in 2022, 18% in 2023. Is he peaking uh, and, and and hitting contract year numbers and, and he's going to come back down to earth a little bit? Or is he like legitimately improving and, and, and you can expect this season over season? There's an argument for both. I just think you have to be aware of the fact that like, that I don't think Allen is a 15 plus sack a season. Like, I, I wouldn't want to I would be worried about having that expectation for him. He's a very useful, very solid player. You brought up the Montez Sweat contract in your analysis of him. I think that's the appropriate like understanding of him, level for him. That's the caliber of edge that he is. It's a great, great player. I want it in my building. But there's a shot that somebody who has a ton of money in this market just comes in and nukes it with like, you know, 95% of the Bosa deal. And that would be too rich for my blood for Josh Allen. Yeah, he's tw- Montez Sweat was $24.5 million per year. That felt like a good comp to me for Josh Allen. Like you said, he's been a good player, but man, the numbers last year blew up 17 and a half sacks, yep. 33 quarterback hit. So we'll say, I think Jacksonville, he, he's probably going to get tagged there uh, in Jacksonville. I would think I had Brian Burns ahead of uh, Josh Allen. Do Would you agree with that or disagree yes. with that? Yes. No. Okay. Uh, Burns ahead of Josh Allen. Excellent. Chris Wilkins ahead of Justin Matabuki. Absolutely not. Okay. I'll fight you. All right. You can fight me. All right. Uh, I had Cousins as my buyer beware, so we don't need to get too much into that. It's just 36 years old, coming off an Achilles, uh, and you're going to have to pay him $40 million per year. I understand why you do it. I'm curious to see if he stays in Minnesota or go- goes elsewhere, but I think we're probably underrating the potential uh, for that. To not Guys at 36 coming off an Achilles generally don't play the best football of their career. All right. Tier number two, break the bank. All right. These are guys, I would say, at least getting $10 million per year. Some of them are going to be pushing $20 million per year. Uh, so that, that's the type of yeah. player we're talking about here. I've got Jonathan Grenard, Ed Rusher, Texans. Daniil Hunter, Ed Rusher, Vikings. Mike Evans, Michael Pittman Jr., 
Xavier McKinney, safety of the Giants, who I'm probably higher on than anybody else. Patrick Queen, linebacker Ravens. Calvin Ridley, wide receiver Jaguars. And Leonard Williams, defensive tackle, got traded from the Giants to the Seahawks last season and is somehow still only 30 years old. I swear Leonard Williams has been in my life for at least two decades. So I don't know if he entered the league at 10 uh, or what, but he's still only 30 years old. All right, who do you like from this group, Solak? I don't want to take McKinney from you because I know how much you love McKinney. I don't want to take John Grenard from you. I know how much you love John Grenard. <laughs> Those are my two, yes. Yeah. From this group. I'll start. You look at the list. There you go. Uh, Grenard no, no, no. and McKinney I, I, are my... I know who I somebody? want to take. I know, yeah. I'm I'm going to take John Grenard. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to first you on okay. John Grenard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Grenard has been a, a bad cat of mine for a little bit. Uh, liked him when he came out. Liked him when he landed in Houston. It's the uh, Dave Cole year, the Lovey Smith year, and Davis Mills is taking snaps. And it's just, it's it's very challenging to figure out, okay, like, Houston's a terrible team. They're going to be picking top five. Like, there's nothing here to build. And I would watch that film, and I would love to, I would love John Grenard and Nico Collins. I was like, they got they got two guys right here. Like, they, they have some building blocks. You just got to get where, to where you can see it. And, and, and for Grenard, the thing that has always impressed me and the thing that I think would be really important for his free agency run is that while he is not an elite sack getter, he is a complete player and a high effort player. So you like him on base downs. He defends the run. He defends the boot. He, you know, he, he is a, is a headache to deal with because of, because of the energy, because of the tenacity. He's a very good tackler in space, in my opinion. And then, like I said, while not a high sack player, and even like the pressure numbers don't indicate that he's like a super highly productive player, he, he's long and he's strong, so he pushes the pocket a lot. He maintains rush lane integrity, he collapses stuff, he's very handy on stunts and games. Like just, this is just the sort of dude who solves and creates, solves problems for you defensively, creates problems for the offense. This is a very, very, again, like Legere Sneed, very, very useful player. And so when you start thinking about, okay, he's making, you know, 10 million plus, you don't need to give Grenard your our edge rusher one money, but you can give John Grenard Come be a really good edge too for us. Drop seven and a half sacks, drop eight sacks. You know, you got you to gotta hit a number for us. But it, it, I'm the Lions with Aiden Hutchinson, right? I'm the, I'm the Bears with Montez Sweat. And I want a guy who's going to be ensure that I protect my other guy. Like, I'm gonna, my, my main sack getter, if they give all the attention, all the, the, tr the trick plays, all the misdirection, all the double teams are going that way. John Grenard will do the work for me to ensure that we punish that sort of behavior. Like that's, that's a great, that's a, such a, useful freaking player to have they're like ask miles garrett what it was like to be the only pass rusher in cleveland for a couple of years it sucks right and so to me i i grenard i think is a again he's a excellent player and he's a name that's not known because like the sack and the pressure number is not gonna be high the highlights are not gonna be crazy but this is the guy that nfl teams are, are scrambling to get into their room i think we're gonna do some free agency fits next week but my ears perked up a little bit there jonathan grenard in detroit hmm kind of like that it makes sense the tenacity, the physicality. Their type of player. Oh, yeah. He plays with huge effort. A, a bigger guy, right? So you can it do physical. a little bit of kick, kick inside stuff. Yeah. It, let Hutchinson stay weak side. Listen, listen. Detroit, I'm begging you. I I, I did <laughs> Lions podcast this week and I got legit like, emotional. Please spend some money. Let's be aggressive, baby. Let's do like you you drafted unbelievably. And it's such an easy trap to fall into. Like, oh, we'll, we'll just keep drafting like the best team ever. No, go spend money. Compete. Let's win a championship. I want to say that clip, you getting emotional about the Detroit Lions in free agency. I feel I like Dan gambled. Doesn't even surprise me. Uh, there you go. Yeah, Grenard had 12 and a half sacks, 22 quarterback hits for Houston last year. If I'm Houston and I'm looking to continue to build this core, I mean, I, I'm really, we talked about this on Monday, I think. I'm trying to keep him around. Um, durability has been a bit of an issue, but man, he can win in so many ways. I think he's got big upside. Like if you told me he's going to have double digit sacks for the next three years in a row, I wouldn't be like, you're 
crazy. I think he's absolutely got uh, big time upside. So I like Grenard quite a bit. And then the other guy, uh, we mentioned it, Xavier McKinney. I like quite a bit as a safety option if Antoine Winfield gets tagged or if you don't want to pay him monster money. I think McKinney is a guy at 25 years old. I like his skill set. He's got range. He can play single high. Uh, he can he can match up with tight ends and man coverage. He's got goal, good ball production. I just feel like he does a lot of different things well. I think safety is a nice position to kind of target in free agency because the market generally isn't wild and uh, you obviously need good players there. So Xavier McKinney is a guy I've got my eye on. All right, buyer beware. I've got a I've got like three guys in this category, so I'm, I'm curious to hear who you are choosing. You, here. this second tier of free agents, you, you want to be getting a guy <laughs> in the first tier, or you want to be getting guys in the third or the fourth. The second tier is like you called this the break the bank tier. Very easily could have been called the you probably overpaid tier, right? That's yeah. That's the don't fall in love tier. Ah, see, I needed you before this. All right, next year, don't fall in love yeah. tier. There you so, go. So, uh, for me and like. I invite this ire every year. I get yelled at this once a month. I understand. I, Colts fans are going to continue to be upset with me. That's fine. I'm fired beware. I'm Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman is a high caliber possession receiver. He is a high volume receiver. He is a quarterback friendly guy. He is tough as nails. He catches a lot of stuff short to intermediate. This is a, like, I've called uh, John Grenard a handy player and a useful player. I've called Jerry Sneed a handy player and a useful player. Michael Pittman is unquestionably a handy player and a useful player. However, in the league, the victory is predicated on explosive plays. We create explosives around here. You, you got to be able to rip the football down the field. You got to be able to create down the field. Pittman is not a field stretcher. He is not a high caliber yak threat. This is this is a an eddy steady receiver, and I love an eddy steady receiver. The the the, the Kansas City Chiefs would have done anything this year for an eddy steady receiver. The, the Buffalo Bills moved heaven and earth to find an eddy steady receiver. Like tr- like there's a way where you chase explosiveness and it goes too far. So absolutely, Pittman is a good player, but this is not the sort of guy I want to go give twenty million dollars to in free agency to. I, 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 that, that is a misallocation of resources, in my opinion. That is too much money for a player who plays this way. Because you, you have, in order to justify the money, you have to give him wide receiver one volume. You, you, you have to be constantly funneling him targets. I don't want a guy who needs targets to be useful. I want a guy who makes his targets useful. Uh, he gets two one week, 11 one week, make them high, high value. And so Pittman's in, in, in a tier with Mike Evans and Calvin Ridley. I certainly prefer Mike Evans to him. The Ridley conversation, like, Ridley was coming back off the suspension. I, I I like to think he's going to be better next year than he was this year. I think Pittman played better than him this year. And so that one's a little bit tricky for me. Like Marquise Brown is a tier below. I would pay Pittman before I would pay Brown. Like, do not get me wrong. I think Pittman is appropriately ranked. She's this is not the sort of money I want to chase in free agency. I want to go find a, a player who has a higher percent chance to dramatically change my team with, 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 with his physical toolkit. To me, that's not Michael Pittman. As much as I like to argue with you uh, on things like this, I basically right. completely and, and, agree. I want to get 19 <laughs> Colts fans to be like, I have Benjamin Swag, it's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Michael Pittman hates Michael Pittman. And you're just there being like, I also agree. And you'll get nothing. Nothing. Every, if, <laughs> if, there, if a Colts fan yells at me and I do not see Shield tagged, I will be furious. Listen, this is why, you know, you you want the pop, you want the smoke, you got to take the good with the bad. I like to just be a little more under the radar, you know? I, I would love to be under an old the man. Radar. I don't know what's going on. Michael who? I watched his dad. What are we talking about? You know, so I, I can just uh, play that role. But yeah, I'm with like 20 million per year. So here, here's a stat I had in here. 132 wide receivers have been targeted at least 100 times in the last four seasons. Michael Pittman among that group ranks 108th in yards per reception. I mean, 10.9. Like that is a that stat. is a low n- number. Now listen, if you're a Colts fan, you're saying, "Hey, come on, he hasn't had great uh, quarterback play. Like uh, they don't have anyone else there." All right, that's fine. I don't specifically see it 
him being an explosive weapon who I want to pay $20 million per year to. Now, having said that, 26 years old, 17th among wide receivers in receiving yards the last three seasons. So I think we need to emphasize that yep. as we, as we uh, you know, take, take the heat for our Michael Pittman takes. Absolutely has been productive, has been reliable, is young. Those guys generally get paid. I would be hesitant yeah. to kind of, you know, pay him wide receiver one money uh, for the next three years. The, and the other thing I would say to Pittman's favor is that Pittman is big boy. Right, Pittman. We, Pittman is is, is listed like what six four two twenty five or something like that. Like Pittman is a healthy yeah. young man. Uh, the there are teams who currently have like a mid tier wide receiver one. I think like the Chicago Bears with DJ Moore. It's like a good wide receiver one who I think could use a. All right, we have a lightning. Let's get a thunder. Let's get a bigger guy, and then have good quasi wide receiver one a one b like target distribution where like DJ and Michael would end the season with like relatively similar target share. That like to me like that can work, but again like you're, first you're spending the money to go get that, and you invite the problem of having two dogs with a bone, right? If you can keep everybody happy, that's excellent. Sometimes you can't, and then it becomes a, a, a big challenge internally and externally. You know, you end the game with eleven DJ Moore targets and two Michael Pittman targets. You lose, everybody's pissed off. So your next game you have eleven Michael Pittman targets, two DJ Moore targets. You lose. Everybody's so, so like it, it's. So it's it's nice to think about like the oh we have two wide receiver ones thing, but that hierarchy can actually create problems for you if you don't like really thread the eye of the needle of that harmony. And so even then, like there's there's challenges that come with that. And the Colts certainly could tag him. I wouldn't be you know totally against them tagging him. If you want to say, hey, he's young, he's a core piece for us. Let's see what he looks like with Anthony Richardson and Shane Steichen. Maybe he plays great next year and has right. a ceiling. And you and I are on here saying, all right, we were wrong. We misevaluated it. And then you can pay him after next season. If he doesn't, then you can explore you know other avenues. If Pittman gets out of there, they got rookie contract Alec Pierce and rookie contract Josh Downs. I, I like me a Josh Downs. I liked me and Alec Pierce. I'm kind of worried about Alec Pierce. I don't want to be walking into Anthony Richardson's sophomore season, come off an injury with two rookie contract no, receivers. Yeah. I, I, the tag makes a lot of sense here. Yeah, they, they should not just let Michael Pittman walk for nothing. All right, now you mentioned Mike Evans. He's another guy I have on my buyer beware, and I think I'm probably in the minority here. Mike Evans, awesome player, awesome career, awesome last year. One of the best seasons of his career. This is where I hit you with, with a little uh, Aegis Chiel uh, coming at you for the wide receivers. Wide receiver, he's going to be 31 years old. Okay, so free agency is about paying for future performance, uh, future projection, not past performance. Last five seasons, there have been four wide receivers age 31 or older who have had a thousand yard season Keenan Allen, Julian Edelman, DeAndre Hopkins, and Adam Thielen. That's it. Watching Mike Evans from last year, it's hard for me to even throw this out there because I'm like, I want that guy on my team. Yes, put him on like the put him on a fun offense. He's going to be fantastic. But I always like to look at the data type stuff there to say, well, how likely is it that that is going to be a season that is uh, replicable here in 2024 and 2025? And again, Mike Evans is a guy you're talking about, probably paying over 20 million dollars per year. So, how confident are you that you're getting, let's say, at least two more high level seasons out of Mike Evans? Not very, unless I'm Tampa Bay, in which case, extremely. My, my, Mike, like Evans is, Evans is a classic guy where, like, I would, if I were Tampa Bay, there's no chance I'm letting him leave. And if I'm another team, I'm probably not like tripping over myself to go get Mike Evans. The only teams for whom Mike Evans makes sense. And like, I, I, I was big on the Mike Evans should be traded midseason thing. If you remember, like, last year in the summer, I was like, Bucks right. are going to be terrible at Big L for Ben. And I was like, Evans should 
you know, be a good trade candidate. And I was like, Kansas City, Detroit, which are two of the final four teams. Like Evans makes sense for you if you're like, all right, we have a quarterback who knows how to do, who's, who's excellent. We already know. Like we don't need to figure anything out. We're going to have you stand over there and just physically dominate the way that you usually do. You don't need to have the same volume that you had in Tampa Bay so you can stay healthier throughout the course of the season. And you're going to help get us over the edge, right? Get us over the line. Like at the time when we didn't know what Kansas City's offense was going to be and if they were going to win, like he could have been a huge help. Detroit, like they need a second target. Like he made sense there. If I'm the Jets and the, Jet, the Jets need a second target, I was at Garrett Wilson. Mike Evans just doesn't make sense. If, if you get it right, by the time it matters that you got it right, Mike's 32 and you're probably done with the deal that you signed him to, right? Just the, the timing doesn't make sense. He should, like, he loves Tampa. He should stay in Tampa. Tampa should keep him. If he does hit the market, he makes sense as a, like, you know, push you over the line sort of a guy. He doesn't make sense. Like, like Mike Evans is, is too old to be considered like a foundational piece for a young up and coming team. Like that timeline just doesn't work. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. All right, the other guy I had here in my buyer beware, and I'm curious to hear what you think about this because you were the first person I heard to say Patrick Queen, the day Roquan Smith stepped onto the field with him, became a different player, and I think you were right about that and everything we see. I'll never, I'll, I will never forget watching the Roquan Smith, the, the Patrick Queen film like four weeks after the Roquan trade and be like, what is, what, there is no possible way this is the same guy. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, he's got... And listen, the Ravens told us a little bit about what they thought about... Not a little, but a lot. Last year at this time, they declined his fifth-year option. That would have been one year at $12.7 million. That's a nice deal for a, a guy who made second-team All-Pro last year in Patrick Queen. So Queen's got a lot going for him, okay? He's 25 years old. He's been incredibly durable, which I didn't realize. I mean, he has started 67 straight games since entering the league. Like, that is a nice sort of Ironman streak for Patrick Queen. We saw in the right scheme with the right people around him, he can be a highly effective player. However, we're talking about free agency. We're talking about other teams looking at him saying, hey, we're going to put him in our scheme. And is he going to be the same guy? Some salaries to throw out uh, at you. Uh, ben, Tremaine Edmonds last year, four years, $72 million, $18 million per year the year before. Foyer Aluakon, three years, $45 million, deal, $15 million per year. Are you, where are you on Patrick Queen? What's the number where you say, yes, that's a player I would target? Or are you more like what he's going to end up getting paid? I would rather explore uh, other options. Where are you with him? Well, the thing is like other options. I don't think, I think he's the best linebacker that's available, right? And so yes. like- There aren't a lot of great options. There's a lot of sort of mediocre options. Yeah. A thing that happened last season that I thought was really interesting and like, like you know, like certain things that coaches say and do just rattles in your head for a while. The Giants gave Bobby Okereke 40 million over four. And Okereke was like a nice second backer for the Colts to Darius Leonard, the same way that Queen had been for Roquan, right? And obviously there was a little bit of a difference because Leonard was getting hurt and Okereke was stepping into the top role and he was, he was kind of showing you what he could do there. So you had a little bit more certainty with Okereke relative to what you got with Queen right now. And they brought Okereke in and I was like, okay, like, like 10 million for a linebacker. The Giants had all these needs. Like, I don't get this. And then at some point in training camp, Wink Martindale, he was the DC there, said, uh, you have a fast mic, your defense can play fast. If your mic ain't fast, you can't play fast. He was just like, like, like he was just like, hmm. I'm, like he didn't say like, I've been coaching for 30 years. Um, but fundamentally, he said, uh, I was been coaching for 30 years. And uh, in order for me to like get a fast defense, I need a fast mic linebacker. That's Bobby Okereke. And then you watch him on field and you were like, dude, like I can see this happening. Like I, I see exactly what you're talking about in terms of like how he gets players set up, in terms of how he performs, the energy that he brings, the way that he moves guys. Like I, 
that light bulbs for me. So, so it's not just so it's not just speed. You're saying it's like like doing everything quickly. Yeah, it's 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 his speed, and it's and it's what it allows him to do. So, Karake can fly, but it's also the mental capacity, and it's the getting people lined up, and it's the gotcha. changing stuff okay. on the fly. No, I, that, that's, that's a good clarifier, right? It, it's kind of it's been both ways. Um, and so that that lives in my head with Patrick Queen. Where like when I watch Queen, the thing about Queen is plays fast, right? I mean, th- this is a, yeah. a this is one of some of the best range at linebacker that we've got in the game. Does he have the the mental acuity? Before Roquan, I would have told you no. But he, he, I think, got sharper by being next to Roquan and Roquan in the room and, and, and Roquan teaching him kind of how to see things a little bit. And so I wouldn't want to give Queen the Tremaine Edmonds deal. I don't want to give Tremaine Edmonds the Tremaine Edmonds deal. I don't really want to give anybody who's not Fred Warner, Roquan Smith, the Tremaine Edmonds deal. And so, if again, like this is the sort of market where like I want to be involved, but if somebody comes and drops in 72 over four, I, I probably am going to pass on that just because of the uncertainty around Queen. If we're more in that, like a Luicon is 15 per, Okereke is 10 per. I don't know how you get Queen below a Luicon. If you can, I think I'm more interested in that in that range for Queen because I do think that that there's a little bit of a force multiplying effect that a really good Mike Backer and Queen might be that. Now he might have come around that corner can have on your defense. Off ball linebacker is a very interesting supply demand type uh, situation right now in the NFL. You just mentioned it. I mean, we can't name uh, ten guys who were like, "Oh yeah, love this," you know, "love this guy running my." D-. It's it's uh, so, here's, yeah, so here's, I think that's why we've seen. We talked about this a little bit on the Eagles pod that we did the other day. You, you if you get a really good edge and you drop him into your defense, your defense benefits. Like his presence, you get a really good edge. Bang! If you get a really good linebacker and put him on the field with a second bad linebacker that like you already like he's not that great and like your safeties aren't that good he cannot alone have the coverage impact that you want him to have right i know i just said like fast mike fixes the defense like there's some truth to that but in general like if you want to have good middle of the field coverage you'd have a great middle linebacker and then also a safety can play and also a second guy and so on and so forth and so it's like i don't want to give 15 to patrick queen if i felt like i was a, a patrick queen away and like that dropping him in could coalesce that that Ravens vision, that that Fred Warner Niners vision of like we can really cover the middle of the field and zone. I would pay I'd pay an arm and a leg for it. But you have to have the the ancillary pieces. And that that's one of the challenges of, of like, oh, modern too high defenses. You need to have a good mic to get it done. You also need to have versatile safeties to get it done. It requires multiple pieces. Right. And, and until you have all of them, it's a fragmented picture and, and you you can't really see it coming into being. And this is what the Ravens did with Roquan. They said, we are a Roquan away. And they drop Roquan into that defense. Mike McDonald, they go first year college defense coordinator. Like this was not a unit that was thrilling to anybody. Roquan and, and, and you saw the force multiplying effect. So like for some teams, I think you could get big for Queen. For other teams, not so much. Yeah, it's, it's he, he's going to be, I think, a guy who gets uh, signed very early and we'll see what the number is going to be. All right, I'm late for a break. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get to these other tiers. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little 
sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. All right, we are back on extra point taken. I want you to know that that entire Bobby yes. O'Karake, Ben's trying to remember Wink Martindale quotes, Nate Tice was standing on the opposite side of my computer dancing like a moron to try to get me to break. And I did oh. not. Because I'm a professional podcaster. Next time, tell him to just come up uh, behind you there. I mean, we already gave him the shout out once. Uh-huh. You know, get, 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 get him on air uh, a little bit. I'll tell him why uh, he's wrong. Well, no, I couldn't tell him why he's wrong on Justin Matabuki. I, like, I can come up with something. You have Justin Matabuki like top six. You, he's right on Justin Matabuki. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. The wild cards. These are guys who I'm like, uh, I'm not exactly sure where to put these guys. Yeah. And let they, they, you could tell me they get paid monster deals. You could tell me they have no markets. I wouldn't be surprised. So here's what we've got. Baker Mayfield, quarterback of the Bucks. Marquise Brown, you mentioned him, wide receiver Cardinals. Saquon Barkley, running back for the Giants. So Alec thinks the running back market's going to bounce back. Will it for Saquon Barkley? Chase Young, edge rusher for the 49ers. And Bryce Huff, edge rusher for the Jets. So this is a small tier. Let's see. I got 19 to 23 here. So we're only talking about five players. So you don't have a lot to choose from. Who do you like from this group? I, I like I like Saquon the best out of these guys, uh, just in terms of like who he is as a player. I've always I've I've never really been a Marquise Brown guy. I think Baker's solid for what he is. Chase Young, I think some of the the issues have been made clear now. Washington and the San Francisco kind of it, it, he's still a ceiling conversation. That's just not where you want to be when you're on your second contract ending for agency. And then Bryce Huff is a really, really good rotational piece. And sometimes those guys pop up to the starting level and are excellent. Sometimes they're not. And there's, there's some buyer board to talk about. And so for Saquon, certainly you have injury concerns and he's been banged up and ankle problems. We only get 12 out of 16 games for him. But uh, I've seen Saquon multiple seat games in the past couple of seasons decide that the Giants offense is going to be good that Sunday. And then by virtue of his physical talent, by virtue of his 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 skill and his his acuity and, and his toughness and, and the volume that he gets, he powers the Giants to be good. Good on the Giants scale of things. But altogether, like this is a a a player with gravity. This is a player who who can change the nature of your offense, who can change the nature of your game uh, more than like a Bryce Huff is or, or Marcus Brown or, or Baker Mayfield. And so Saquon's my guy. I as I've said, you know, you have Saquon here at at the, at the top of the running back room. I I, I think that Josh Jacobs, I, I would be willing to pay him a little bit more. I think, you know, somebody asked me, oh, the um, you know, Jacobs has also missed games. Like, uh, why why do you call Saquon injury prone and Jacobs not? Some of it is the nature of the injuries. I think that Saquon just has been dealing with lingering injuries and being at 80 to 85% a lot longer than Jacobs, who just like will have a, uh, like had a major injury, missed some time and then, then, then came back from it. Uh, so accordingly, like I, I like Jacobs a little bit more, uh, but Saquon still has right. That kind of like gravity to him, that kind of, you know, one game takeover. I catch the ball six times. I run the ball 21 times. I break 13 tackles. Like this is my football game to him. So I, I like him in this tier. And I think that contending teams, and te- teams that feel like they might be a back away from being an elite offense, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Houston, should be in on the Saquon Barkley market. This is this is Saquon. He was a top five pick at running back for a reason. This is a unique player, unique skill set. Go get the guy. Curious to see what he will get. I I think maybe around like eleven million. 
per year for Saquon, as we've seen, the running back market is very difficult to project here. Will it be a one-year deal with a contending team? Will it be something different than that? Uh, that will be interesting to look at with Saquon Barkley. Doesn't look like he's going back to the Giants, but uh, I guess things could change here in the days ahead. All right, Marquise Brown. I know you don't like Marquise Brown. I had him down here as an interesting guy to discuss. So he's 31st uh, in yards among wide receivers the past three seasons. Uh, We know he can run from his college days, even if his yards per reception is not high. You mentioned you like Michael Pittman more than Marquise Brown. We mentioned Michael Pittman is probably might have to be a $20 million per year player if the Colts are going to sign him to an extension. I think that Marquise Brown is going to be way under that. I don't know what the number. I was looking at Michael Gallup's deal from a couple of years ago, which was eleven and a half million per year. I feel like Marquise Brown is going to be above that, but like, is he going to be over fifteen? I don't think so. So Michael Pittman for twenty million or Marquise Brown for like thirteen million? And why are you not the biggest Marquise Brown guy? Is it just that he's small? I think Pittman, um, uh, Marquise Brown. I I I do not like small receivers. I do not like receivers who are afraid of contact. I do not like receivers with inconsistent hands. I do not like receivers with inconsistent routes. Marquise Brown's four for four. I I, I cannot set my watch to Marquise Brown being where he should be on the field when I want him to be there and behaving the way on the field I need him to behave when I throw him the football. When he was in Baltimore, they took him with a first round pick. He was their wide receiver one. He gets traded to Arizona. They sent a first round pick for him. He was their wide receiver one. He was their, their 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 dominant volume guy. And I think that's why, like, you know, okay, like top 30 in total receiving yards. He obviously rips off explosive plays and the ball in his hands great. The 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 Houston Texans just showed me that they can make a, a pick in the second round that can do Marquise Brown stuff at a fraction of the cost and probably has more juice, right? Like I don't I I I when Brown came out, it was like, okay, how's this 180-pounder going to work? This is crazy. And then like five, six years later, it's like, we got 19 of these guys in every draft class. I, I'm, And then the other, the other aspect of that is that because we've gotten better at creating explosives in designed offense, I don't need a, a 5, 10, 180-pound track star anymore to be like an explosive passing offense. I can find bigger guys who can do it, who can win the ball in the air and do so more consistently. Marcus Brown is an extremely mercurial player, and I, just, I, I, I don't pursue that. At value, I'll pursue that in, in in the bargain bin and see if I can if I can hit hot. But like I'm not I'm not trying to pay value for that. Um, Brown is not is not my my sort of receiver. And like for all the Colts fans who are very upset with me about my Pittman takes, the Marquise Brown fans would be furious with me over years. But Brown, they didn't like him. The Baltimore fan base did not like him, and the Arizona Cardinal fan base didn't like him. Right. So like this is this is this is not a complete player to me. The case for Brown, 27 years old, obviously can run, like I said, 31st among wide receivers in yards over the last three seasons, also has drawn the most pass interference penalty or second most pass interference penalties. So, soft. See, that's not that's not a positive. That's a negative. Catch a football, young man. He's a, he, he just he's just bumping into <laughs> contact and falling over to get a pity flag from a ref. I do not respect it. Listen, the yards still count. Now he's only averaged 11.6 yards per reception in the pro. So he has not, he's billed as an explosive threat. That has not happened. So if you're a team, you have to say, well, why hasn't that happened? Is that going to happen for us? It has not happened for Because so he far. doesn't create yards after the catch, right? And so he gets these underneath targets because they're like, oh, he's a speed threat. And then he can't break a tackle and he can't break an angle. And so it, it pulls him down. Like he's actually like decently talented on like 20 plus air yards. But it's the stuff underneath where he's supposed to have quickness and tackle breaking angle breaking juice that he just does not have all right buyer beware couple good candidates in this tier who did you pick marquis brown feelings aside i do want to just acknowledge a buyer beware for bryce huff uh, who's the edge rusher with the jets yes um 
I, I like I like a Bryce Huff. I'm excited about Bryce Huff. If I were running a team, I would want to be courting Bryce Huff. I want to see what his figure is. That this is a a good pass rusher. We don't ignore those, right? Like I, I am absolutely unequivocally interested in a Bryce Huff. However, Bryce got to be on the sideline for a first and 10. When, 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 when Jermaine Johnson was worried about a run play, when Carl Lawson was worried about a run play, right? When, when, when they had my big Michael Clemens and Solly Thomas out there to stop the run. And then that, that Jets defensive line got the opposing team to a second and 11, to a third and 11. And then Bryce Huff, real fresh, all right? Just had a little swig of Gatorade playing about 30, 35 snaps. That other offensive tackle has been out there for 60 snaps this game. Bryce Huff gets to jog out onto the field and know that the opposing team is passing the football, right? And so uh, Huff is a very prolific sack player, but he has benefited from the situations he's been put out there on the field. And 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 I, it, it is not to say his skill set, like he's like, oh, can't work on early downs. Like he's big enough in the modern NFL. To, like he's he's over bigger than Hassan Brennick. Like, he can play on first and 10 and he, he can defend the run. He's capable of it. But, when you jack the snap count up, the efficiency tends to go down. Like that's just the reality of it. And so I would be interested in in, in looking at a Bryce Huff uh, uh, deal. But like, if I'm paying him big money, I want him playing 65, 70% of the snaps. And he's been at 40% when he's with the Jets. And you have to understand that when you do that, it's going to wear on the guy's body over the course of a game and certainly over the course of a season. I also have him as my buyer beware candidate. Now, like you said, Great story. Undrafted guy, 10 sacks, 21 quarterback hits last season. But his first three seasons in the NFL, he had seven and a half sacks before last year. So that's one where I'm saying, all right, how much is last year what he's going to be? Did he develop? Or is this a, a matter of that's an outlier season? So you have to answer that question. And then to your point, if he busts, he's probably going to bust in a bad way, like where he, he's not a full-time player. You just mentioned he played 42% of the snaps last year, has never been over 51% of the snaps. So uh, that's one where I would be a little cautious if I were a team. And then Baker Mayfield. I mean, what is Baker Mayfield going to get here? It's There's stuff all over the place. I feel like I see a report every day about something with Baker Mayfield. I mean, is someone, are the Bucks really going to pay him yeah. monster money? I'm talking like, you know, 37 and a half, 40 million per year. Is it going to be like Geno Smith's contract where it's essentially one year, 25, 27 million dollars, but you can get out of it after one year? I would just say like, chill out a little bit. I mean, you got to zoom out beyond just last year for Baker Mayfield. Last three seasons, he's 28th out of 38 quarterbacks in dropback success rate. This was a guy that nobody wanted last offseason. He signs a one-year, $4 million deal. Do you really feel all that different about him? He had a very good season, no doubt about it. But I would say, don't overpay for competent guys with low ceilings and try to, instead of just, oh, Baker Mayfield did it last year, let's pay him all Maybe look for a guy in the mold of Baker Mayfield last year. Who's that guy this year who you can get for under $10 million who might be able to give you a level of competence? So uh, I'm very curious to see what happens there. He is not someone I would really want to make a commitment to for more than just one season. Yeah. But, uh, my thing with that is I think all buyers are aware, including Baker. And so like it's like... So you don't think he's going to get a big deal? I think he's going to get a deal that looks big, but a deal that is like eminently get out of, of a bowl. A bowl. However, you like, right? It's like the Gino thing where, like, the, they signed Gino to that extension. And then every three months, we do a like, could the Seahawks get out of this Gino deal? And then they're like, no. Yeah. And then three months later, like, what if the Seahawks moved on from Gino? Like, if you, if you structure a big fat contract with like unguaranteed money and incentives, there's always an easy way to like escape the, the deal. Oh, we take 20 million dead cap. Yeah. The Broncos about to take 85 million dead cap on Russ, right? This is, this, this is small potatoes. By the way, we should do a 60 minute pod 
just on the Broncos about to take 85 million dead cap to cut Russ. It's amazing how quickly <laughs> we've accepted this. Do you remember when they signed Russ? Like this was at the combine. It was two years ago. And it was, here's the deal. And it was like, oh my gosh, they are committed to Russ long-term. They could never even think about getting out of this deal until after the 2025 season. Like I remember the pieces that were like at the earliest 2025, it would be crazy. And then we watched him take like, a hundred snaps and we were like, here's how they get out of after 2024. Just immediately we were like, yep, 85 million. Here we go. It, I, I just, I, I, I keep on saying it freely and then a little voice in my head goes like, you, you remember Ben that, that that's more than the two current biggest dead cap hits in league, in league history combined. It's unbelievable that we're all just like, yep, they're going to do it. Anyway, so yeah, Bakers can get like a small deal. Yeah, that happened, started happening like five years ago where teams are just like, all right. Sometimes you just got to take your medicine and move on. Like we're not sticking with the, but this is wild. Yeah, that was different. Right. But like when the Eagles took the Wentz deal, it was like the previous record was 21 million and now it's 30. Whoa. The record right, right now is 42. 85. They're going to take 85. <laughs> and what that means for people that, that you are paying money, that money is against your cap yeah. for a player who is not playing for your football team. $85 million. Now what's cool is... And like, I didn't know this until this week because dead capits haven't been as meaningful of a thing. Like there was, there was some discourse about this during the Wentz thing, but the Broncos will get money back on that pending the deal that Russ signs with another team, right? And so there's discussions. All right, there's like, like theories. There's no sources here at all of like, what if Russ intentionally took the veteran minimum to ensure that the Broncos have to pay as much of, of his dead cap it as possible? Because any money he takes against that, his team will pay and the Broncos will get back his credit. Uh, and so there's a chance Russ is playing on like $1.2 million next year. Just so that Yeah, maybe he's the Baker Mayfield of this yeah. offseason. Who knows? It's a good time. There you go. All right. Where are we? We are at the fourth tier. Quality starters here. These are a bunch of guys. I don't really need to explain what quality starters mean, okay? We got guard Robert Hunt from the Dolphins. We have safety Kyle Duggar from the Patriots. Jonah Jackson, guard from the Lions, pride of Media Elementary. Shout out Media Elementary. Uh, Kevin Dotson, guard from the Rams. Mike Onwenu, guard from the Patriots. Frankie Luvu, linebacker from the Panthers. Solex boy, Josh Jacobs, running back from the Raiders. Jonah Williams, offensive tackle from the Bengals. Jordan Brooks, linebacker from the Seahawks. And Dalton Schultz, tight end from the Texans. Who is your guy from the quality starter group, Solak? I've already talked about Josh Jacobs. Uh, and so acknowledging that he is my guy, I do want to bring up some love for Jordan Brooks, who's a linebacker with the Seahawks. I think Jordan Brooks is 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 the you brought you, you mentioned in your in your blurb the potential Bobby Okereke of this class. I agree with that. I think Brooks is the starting middle linebacker in the league. I think that he has a, a wide range of influence. I think he has speed and he has the ability to break down blocks. I think he's an impactful coverage player. Uh, and that's that's the thing about him that really gets me excited. I think that this is a guy who can actually take away routes in the middle of the field. You pair him with somebody else who's capable of doing that. You get a little Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds thing going on like they had in Buffalo. And like you can really actually be a, a, a difficult team to throw on between the hashes because you have Jordan Brooks there. Um, he was a first-round pick for them, and he came along a little bumpy, you know, up and down. And then they move on from Bobby Wagner, and they bring Bobby Wagner back. And he's had to play uh, strong side and then play weak side. And, and they kind of just shuffled him around. And then they had all this defensive identity change in Seattle, like during his rookie contract, right? Pete Carroll goes away from the Legion of Boom stuff, and then they're going to try to go back to the Legion of Boom stuff. And, like, defense has just generally been a mess in terms of philosophy and, and, and belief and, and their defensive line play, their defensive tackle play hasn't been that good. And so it's been tough for the linebackers to survive. When I look at Brooks in a vacuum, I see a, a good starter, right? Like 
I, again, like you brought the Foyer Luicon contract and I laughed because the Foyer contract, like everybody, <laughs> it's, it's incorrect to say everybody's better than Foyer Luicon. But like I, Foyer Luicon can get 15. Jordan Brooks can convince somebody in this market to give him a big deal as a starting uh, linebacker. And I think he can deliver on that. Uh, and so Brooks is a guy I'm interested in for my Eagles. He's a guy, I'm, I'm just curious to see where he lands uh, because uh, I think he can land in a spot where he walks in as the signal caller with the, the, the solid contract, we have Michael Carrique, and he has a, a, a rising tide lifts all boats effect on the defense he joins. Yeah, I think he's an interesting player. 26 years old. Uh, tackles aren't everything, but 2021 and 2022. Second in the NFL in tackles during those two seasons combined. Then he tears his ACL the end of 2022, uh, comes back last year, used a little bit more uh, as a blitzer, had four and a half sacks. Uh, shout out, see Mike spin move on Twitter, just uh, all kinds of threads on Jordan Brooks's uh, coverage ability. I feel like see Mike spin move should get a little, little cut of the, uh, of the four year, $40 million. If that's what Jordan Brooks uh, ends up getting Griff, there. man, Griff's a, Griff's a pure poster. Yeah, no, it's uh, there, there are some great clips on there to take a look at. So yeah, that's the neighborhood. I think he's coming in at around $10 million per year. And I wouldn't, yeah, I think that's a reasonable number to pay somebody like, uh, like Jordan Brooks, who has some upside as an off ball linebacker. So I think that is a good one. I've got Mike Onwenu. Onwenu? Onwenu. I don't know. One Onwenu. Of the two. Onwenu. Okay, there you go. Two things. Durability, versatility. Keep it simple. Okay, has missed just three games in the last four seasons. If I were a GM or a team, offensive lineman in free agency, I'm all about durability. I don't like ceiling. That's fine. I need a guy out there who's not going to be, he was going to be out there every week and not going to be the weak link. And he absolutely fits that bill. He's played left guard, right guard, right tackle, has played all three of those positions. I think he could get the biggest deal of any offensive lineman in this year's free agency class. So I think that is a guy to keep an eye on from the Patriots. Maybe the Patriots uh, keep him. Are you an Onwenu fan? Why am I struggling? I am an Onwenu fan, yeah. Okay. I like Onwenu coming out of Michigan. I, the, the versatility is a big thing. The size is really what what is interesting, valuable, but also a limiting factor. There are some teams that are going to look at a 345-pound guard and say, nope. We don't do that over here, right? And so there has to be a specific fit for one You have to know how to use a player like him. Uh, if I tell you, you know, there's there's three years, $35 million out there, and and you can give it to Jonah Jackson or you can give it to Mike and Wenu, which would you prefer to give? Well, I can't go against the pride of media elementary. You you know that, but uh, yeah. the, the versatility and the durability, I I might I would be able to be talked into uh, on Wenu probably. I think Jonah's a better player. And I, okay. I, I would prefer to give that to Jonah. However, uh, Jonah can't kick the tackle, like you said. And I think, again, for some teams, the ability to weaponize Onwenu and his, his size and the way that he blocks in the running game, I'll understand the value of that. And so this guard class, man, Jonah Jackson is, is a really, really good player. Mike Onwenu is a very good player. Kevin Dotson came along so nicely for the Rams last year. If you can, if you can buy that, that peak and say like, no, he can do this year over year and get him at a discount relative to those dudes. There's a chance you get better play over the next three years at a cheaper price tag. Kevin Dotson is, is very worthy of, uh, of, uh, of a um, of a roll of the dice in that regard. Uh, Robert Hunt uh, uh, with Miami, who Robert Hunt is, if Robert Hunt is healthy, Robert Hunt is probably the best of the bunch. Just Robert Hunt's been, been, been I think, uh, playing a lot of ball at less than 100% over the last couple of years. Robert Hunt is a high-impact player. Say, excellent guard market. One of these guys could be great. You got to figure out which one it right. is for you and you got to figure out how to make him healthy. It's a, so that's the tough thing about a, a great top of the market like this is that there's a way to get it wrong because you don't find find the real stud. 
Yeah, I think Jackson and I think Jackson, I've got around like 13 million per year. Uh, maybe Dotson. Dotson is a tough one because they Steelers made that Dotson's trade very tough. last year. And it's like, how much are you going off the one year? But uh, I put him around $10 million. Kevin Zeitler, if you just need a quick one year or two years, he's 34 years old. That's probably around $8 million. And like you said, Robert Hunt, I think, um, would probably be more than those guys. And I think Onwenu is probably a little bit uh, more... Uh, a little bit higher than those guys as well. By the way, in this tier, I got to say, I saw Jonah Williams off the stack for the Bengals 31, and I was like, this is, I, how did she possibly rank him here? And then I read your blurb, and I found it very convincing. You thought I was too low or too high initially? Far too high. Jonah Williams? Oh, I thought you, you liked like, Jonah Williams. I was about to rip Jonah Williams and rip you for liking Jonah Williams, no? No, well, I, I'm <laughs> fine with Jonah Williams. I don't think Jonah Williams is the 31st best uh, a free agent in this class. I was like, I agree. Jonah Williams over over Zadarius Smith and over. Uh, uh, That's Slap why the, the blurbs over, are there. You got to count on right. people reading the blurbs. And that, and that, but right, I'm 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 bringing this up to say you got to read Shields' blurb. Shields' blurb, very yeah. compelling blurb on on Jonah Williams. A lot of a lot of the blurbs, one paragraph. Jonah Williams, you knew what you were doing <laughs> two full paragraphs. Like, let me break down why this young man is <laughs> where you see him and you, on an offensive lineman. <laughs> but you were absolutely right. And by the end of it, I was like, he is going to get the Andre Dillard money. He is going to get the Joe Nopum money. And and. That's what the teams have shown us. It was very well done. Bravo on the Jonah Williams. Thank you. Well, he is my buyer beware. Jonah Williams, offensive tackle uh, of the Bengals from this group. And so I don't think Jonah Williams has been a good player the last two years early in his career. He showed some promise, had some injuries, got bumped from left tackle to right tackle, has not performed great. However, 26 years old, last offseason, Mike McGlinchey got $17.5 million per year uh, to go from the 49ers to the Broncos, okay? And guys who have played left tackle, again, Andre Dillard had basically not played football and the Titans gave him $9.7 million per year. Joe Noteboom had barely played and he got $13.3 million per year from the Rams. So I just feel like age, the position he plays, someone's going to play Jonah Williams. I will probably be critical uh, of that signing if it's in that neighborhood. So that is my buyer beware is Jonah Williams. Yeah, my buyer beware for this group is going to be Frankie Luvu, a player who I love, like, could not be a bigger Frankie Louvu fan, uh, uh, intensity player, a tackling player, uh, a splash play player, sort of guy that you want to have in your building. He's come along wonderfully uh, for the Panthers over their time. There's an undrafted player who's gotten better year over year. And he's, he's done work to improve and, and, and find a unique role for himself. However, Frankie Louvu is the sort of player where you, you need to have the sort of defense that works for Frankie. Right. In the same way, like Mike and Wynn was only going to work for certain teams. If you are a team that does not want to send linebackers regularly on the blitz, if you are not a high blitz rate team, top eight, top 10%, you're going to struggle, top eight, top 10 ranking wise, you're going to struggle to, to find value on Frankie Luvu relative to like what the Panthers would have given him. Right. If you, if you like, if the Panthers come with a competitive market for Luvu and you outprice him, you better be willing to send this guy on, 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 125, 150 pass rush snaps because that's what he got last season despite being a off-ball linebacker. Okay, so uh, if, the, if the Minnesota Vikings go get them a Frankie Luvu, you can't, you can't say Chiefs don't need a Frankie Luvu. The, uh, um, the uh, Detroit Lions go get them a Frankie Luvu. Like, th- these will make sense, right? This would be good. Aggressive, I like it. If the freaking Arizona Cardinals sign Frankie Luvu, like, it's not going to work. You're just not going to get juice for your squeeze. Uh, and so Frankie makes sense for some teams. But buyer beware, it's not going to make sense for everybody. 
I think that's well said. I think he needs the right coordinator, right scheme. He is a go-forward type player. 29 tackles for loss. Past two seasons, tops among off-ball linebackers. Deploy a Frankie Louvu from depth, baby. Just, yeah. just, just, just set, just, just point Fun him at player. something and let him run. Bolsey and red. Yeah, twelve and a half sacks, twenty quarterback hits the last two seasons. But you need to use him that way. So it'll be interesting to see what he gets. All right, one more break. We come back and we'll go through the final two tiers. <laughs> There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less, and one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. All right, we are back on extra point taken. All right, tier five, short-term solutions. These are guys probably going to be in their 30s who you're going to sign probably to one-year deal. So I'm curious to hear who you like from this group. Tyron Smith, offensive tackle from the Cowboys. Jason Kelsey, center for the Eagles, might retire. Zadarius Smith, edge rusher for the Browns. Derek Henry, running back from the Titans. Fletcher Cox, defensive tackle from the Eagles. Sheldon Rankins, defensive tackle for the Texans. Kendall Fuller, cornerback for the Commanders. Xavier Howard, cornerback for the Dolphins. And Kevin Zeitler, guard from the Ravens. Oh, I have more. Jadeveon Clowney, edge rusher from the Ravens. This is a big tier, buddy. <laughs> DJ Reader. Oh, I'm still going. Defensive tackle from the Bengals. I don't remember Two writing more. any of this. Two more. Kenny Two Moore, more. Slot corner for the Indianapolis Colts and Trent Brown, offensive tackle for the Patriots. Who's your guy in this group? DJ Reader has been the, the secret sauce of the Bengals defense for the last couple of years. Uh, this is just, uh, uh, there is no space gobbling, run defending, kick your butt between the guards, defensive tackle in the league, quite like a, like a, like a DJ Reader, right? Like it's it, like Dexter Lawrence, Vita Vale, like there are some names that are sexier and like Lawrence is more of a pass rush. Like there are, there are better players, don't get me wrong, but if we just do those second and eight snaps where you're trying to force a third and seven, man, a DJ reader will get the job done for you against double teams, against big guards, against fast guards, little centers. He is such a freaking headache in that phone booth, in that box. And that allows you to do a lot structurally, right? Like if you, if you want to be a team and rotate guys around, play lighter linebackers, like you need a dude who eats space on the interior. Reader is so, so, so good at that, was, was playing wonderful ball last season. Tore his quad late. It was a devastating injury for, for, for the Bengals overall. I would love to get a one-year deal on, on DJ Reader in free agency, right? I get a little, a, a little, a little one-year, six million, 
can get to eight million with playing time, can get to you know whatever the number of snaps. And and I I signed that saying, all right, we need you uh, to do this for us for a year. And if you're healthy, we're going to come around. And we're going to give you a, a great following contract. We're going to give you a, a big deal, a couple more million, a couple more years. Excellent. You got to do one year because he tore his quad. It's a big injury, right? That's substantial. But if Reader's back to what he was, ninety two percent, ninety five percent, this is a, gr- a great sort of player to be able to get on the market. Yeah, Reader is the guy that opposing offensive coordinators, coaches, offensive linemen have talked about for years as like, no, 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 this is one of the most underrated players in the NFL, DJ Reader. You wake up on a Monday, you play center, and DJ Reader's on a Sunday, you're having a bad week. (laughs) Every film room is just a nightmare. That sounds just so painful. I mean, that was a good description of you. It's like, oh my gosh, I would not enjoy that. I would not wake, be, enjoy waking up on a Monday and feeling in pain. It's just dread. It's just it's just a looming storm cloud six days out on the horizon. DJ Reader's coming to plant you in the ground four times in this game. It's a headache. Listen, it's kind of like I did like a little 30-minute Pilates yesterday, and I'm feeling it today. So it's very similar to, let's say, your Jason Kelsey going up against the Equal. DJ Reader, and that's how I feel today. So there you go. I can relate to these guys. Where was I? All right. DJ Reader, 30 years old, uh, not going to give you a lot of pass rush. And like you said, coming off a season ending injury. So I do think there might be that middle ground there. DK, who was that? Danny Hy- What's Danny Hyde holding? Chuck and what did he buy some sneakers or something? What's in his hands? No, so the, it's boxed lunches here and they go uh, really fast. And so mm. we've just been walking up to the media workroom right when they're released at like 11 15, 11 30, and grabbing them and bringing them back down. Now, is there a vegetarian option among the box lunches? There has been every single day. Really? What's it been? PB and J? Caprese? No, there's a there's a veggie quinoa wrap. There was a, a wow. Caesar salad without chicken. I've been not getting the vegetarian option, so I've just been seeing them from afar. Okay. Right. I, I don't know what this what I've been given, but hopefully it's good. Because <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings famously uh Super Bowl Eagles Patriots put a sandwich on my you know workstation. That was not the they had a caprese. I didn't get the caprese. They gave me some turn. I wanted the caprese. You know? I caprese? Get the caprese. Yeah. A little caprese, caprese sandwich. Caprese? Caprese? How do you pronounce caprese. it? Caprese. I think I'm saying it Maybe. right. Is that technically correct? And then people have, have like kind of like messed around with it and made it caprese? I'm doing a Sopranos rewatch and I'm pronouncing caprese I'm about to say, you're, you're, you're more reliable here, <laughs> but I, I've never heard of caprese. All right. DJ Reader going yeah. back. There you go. You yeah, caprese. Don't I'm question me. All right. I would say caprese. I would say caprese. I was just I was just asking. I was just asking. <laughs> the player that I like here, and you know, I'm turning into my nerd card here. I want to see where, let's get Derrick Henry on a fun team. All right, let's see if he's got one more year left in him. Derrick Henry led the NFL in carries last season. Unbelievable. Eighth in average yards after contact. Still a load to bring down. Still breaking tackles. Is he the guy he was in his prime? Of course not. But if you're a contending team and you're bringing in a little Derrick Henry on a one-year, let's say, eight million? Is that too rich? I don't know. Some Something in that range. Maybe you have some incentives baked in there. He's uh. 30 years old. Those running backs generally do not get paid. Maybe it's six million. I don't know. But I'm most interested to see where Derrick Henry goes. And then buyer beware, Solak. I mean, we could really name almost the... That, there's a reason why these guys are in this tier. Uh, who are the guys you have outlined, though, uh, to buy or beware for the short-term solutions? Yeah, um, Kevin Zeitler's in this tier. I love Kevin Zeitler's prime. Really? That's interesting to me. I wouldn't have put him as a buyer beware. Why? Just because he's old? The, the Kevin Zeitler film down the stretch of last season got real rough. Okay. I, thought, I think he's, he started playing the season well, and just by, by the time the season got long, and obviously Ravens made a, a deep postseason run, he he was a he was a problem for them. He was an issue for him. He he was getting targeted by opposing defensive lines, kind of attacked by by top inside rushers. He was struggling to 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 find a solution. Could be that 
he's getting a little long in the tooth. You're going to get 12 good games from him next year, and then he's going to start to tail off. Could be the sign of something more. I'd be worried about Zeitler, just given what I saw off of games against elite opponents late in the postseason. Like, I just don't know if he had the sea legs under him. Uh, and so, like, his play fell off. thought Xavier Howard's play is starting to fall off a little bit. He's also in this tier, 31-year-old corner uh, uh, with, with uh, out of Miami. And, you know, they, they moved off from him willingly. I think that's, you know, I kind of tell you what you need to know. So those are the two that stood out to me. Trent Brown as well for the Patriots, left tackle. Those are the three who stood out to me as, like, off of film. I watched these guys the last half of the season. And I was just like, I don't know if, if the legs are still there for these players. I think if I were a GM, my no exception rule would be we are not signing corners 30 years or older. It's just the history is bad. Last year, uh, so Xavier Howard is 31. Last year, full-time outside starters age 31 or older, there were three in the entire league. Stefan Gilmore, Patrick Peterson, and Darius Slay. It's just when the cliff comes, uh, it comes very quickly and those guys fall off and they become a problem for your defense. So I think Xavier Howard's definitely one of them. And then I had Tyron Smith down. This is a tough one. Tyron Smith was awesome last year. I mean, it was like vintage peak Tyron Smith, but the guy has only played 30 regular season games over the past for season. So uh, if you need a short-term yeah. fix at uh, left tackle, he gives you the upside, but the reliability at 33 years old, that would scare me a little bit. So maybe he just goes back to Dallas. I don't know if that's going to be the case, if they're going to play Tyler Smith over there, but um, he's one I would want to make sure I have sort of some, some safe stuff baked into whatever deal I sign him to. All right. Last one. The upside gang. These are younger guys. This is kind of like a why I didn't know what to do with some of these guys. So I'm curious to hear what you think here. So I've got, it's only four, what, four players. Gabe Davis, wide receiver of the Bills. Lloyd Cushenberry, center for the Denver Broncos. Geno Stone, safety of the Ravens. And Tony Pollard, running back of the Cowboys. Who do you like in this group, Benjamin Solak? How can you not be excited about a Geno Stone? Love a Geno. We're both Geno Stone. Yeah, the yeah. official mid-tier free agent safety of extra point taken. We got, we got, we got cheese heads <laughs> for the Packers team. We're gonna get rocks for Geno Stone. Here they are, baby. Love a Geno Stone. This is Geno right here. Um, right, Geno Stone just went when he was out there in three safety looks and stepping in for a half or for a couple games for Marcus Williams. You know, okay, get garnering some. Some uh, uh, experience, you're like, all right, like this young make a play, he knows where to line up, and he he he, he is, understands the coverage calls, he understands the route distributions. Like this is a smart cookie. It's a little bit limited, sure, probably, but still, like this this is the sort of player you like to have in your building because you know you can drop him in there, can back up at different safety spots for you, can rotate, you can do a little bit of everything. Handy player, and then this year he's got to start 10, 11 games, and at least leading interceptions, just making high impact plays and coverage, and and like again range wise a little bit limited, which can be a red flag for me for safety. I'm a little bit buyer, but we're on Geno Stone as well, just because there's one thing I don't want you to be, is to be limited range of influence. How dare you? We just named him the mid-tier free agent safety of but, extra point taken, and I know you're buyer beware. But I, the film is excellent. The film is, is a player who knows exactly what he's doing and also understands yes. limitations, knows his range, knows how to cheat, right? Okay, knows to you know, turn my shoulders to take this route away, but start sneaking over here to take that route away. Like he just understands football. Young man gets it. Very, very, very fun player to watch. Very impressive player. Highly prepared player. They speak wonderfully about him in the room. Boy, he's a raven, you know. Uh, and so I'm, I'm very excited to see where he goes. I would, I would, I got a free six million dollars floating around. I'm yeah. trying to, I'm trying to land, land a Geno Stone to sneak him in my room, find a way to make him work. So I like Geno. I like Lloyd Cushberry a lot too in this, this tier. This is the upside tier is fun for me. 
Uh, yeah, Geno Stone, uh, he's not going to win with phys- like you know his, his physical attributes, his athleticism, his size. It's all about the football IQ, the smarts. But man, he his film, those interceptions were very impressive uh, well, the, last uh, year. What was the deal that Julian Love got last year? It's like five point five. I don't know. Is that what it was? You're you're looking at. I I have around six million dollars uh, earmarked. Yeah, Julian Love was six six per year for two okay. years. Yeah, so I think that's the range we're talking about for Geno Stone. So if you don't get one of the top top tier guys and you don't want to pay that, I think he is a really nice player to take a shot on. Twenty five years old again, so there should be untapped potential there. If it doesn't work out, it's not going to kill you. So I like Geno Stone too. Uh, he is my guy in this tier. And then buyer beware. Let's finish it here. This was a tough one because I like I don't think any of these guys are really going to get monster money. So who is the guy you're like? I I just wouldn't even want to take a flyer on this guy. Do you have anybody in this tier? Gabe Davis is my guy. I thought uh, so. Yeah. Gabe Davis was uh, it was given volume. It was so many routes. Right. They they, they line him up constantly. He was always out there. And uh, for for the model that he is, right, this big body receiver, big play receiver down the field can be a speed threat for you, can also win a contested catch. If he were going to fully blossom into the player that that, that sort of mold can be, he would have done so in Josh Allen with yes, Buffalo. he was right? in the like, perfect place for it, yes. And, and and he never really turned that corner. Now you, he's 25. You can certainly argue that a light bulb would go on for him in terms of landing in a more uh, stable role and and... Even if it's not like that high ceiling role, it's a more reliable role as he, you know, grows up. He's probably block a little bit more, use a little bit more possession style. Like there's a chance that he settles into a nice spot. But in terms of what was promised, six three, two fifteen, you know, four four speed downfield guy, I did like I, if, if if we were going to see it, we would have seen it. Uh, so you can't trick yourself into paying for that. That 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 gave Davis theory. Now, as you wrote in your blurb. There's the sort of guy that teams trick themselves into paying for the theory. And I very well, you know, could could see that coming to pass. You know, you have a, you have extra money, you're trying to be in the wide receiver, you're the Carolina Panthers trying to be in the wide receiver market. Go get Michael Pittman, go get Mike Evans, go get T. Higgins. They all go somewhere else. And so you just you slap big money on Gabe Davis. Like, I will not be the least bit surprised. But for me, it'd be buyer beware. Yeah, if I were his agent and I was making the the, the sell on this podcast, I would say 25 years old size, speed, has been productive, has ranked 34th among wide receivers in receiving yards the past two seasons. So he's been like wide receiver to production over the last two seasons, has averaged 16.7 yards per reception. We just talked about you want explosive plays. He can make explosive plays. So that's the case for him. But I'm with you. Is Gabe Davis going to go from Josh Allen and the Bills pass heavy offense to somewhere else and be more productive? I mean, he's young enough where maybe, but uh, I think it's probably unlikely that he does that. Now, if you tell me, you know, $9 million per year for a wide receiver needy team, I would say, okay, you want to take a flyer? You like this film? You like his upside? That's fine. I would just say, uh, be careful and do not fall in love there with Gabe Davis. All right, there you go. We went through all the tiers, six tiers. Who said we couldn't do a 70-minute podcast on a Friday just about free agency tiers? There you oh, go. Dang. Uh, we did it. You can check all those out, again, at theringer.com. You can read the extended blurbs. You can look at where I have all those guys. And we're going to keep that updated. As guys sign, as guys get tagged, I'm going to jump in there and give you some instant analysis. So that's going to be in there uh, as well. Solak and I will be back on Monday for our usual Monday format for Extra Point Taken. So be on the lookout for that. We'll see what happens over the weekend. Will there be some trade, trade rumors, combine rumors, franchise tags, extensions? There could be all sorts of stuff happening here in the next 72 hours before things officially heat up. All right. 
Thanks to Ben Solak. We'll see if he's in Indy for another three weeks or if he ever decides to go home. Maybe he'll go home once once the baby arrives. I feel like he probably has to go home. Before then, I'm not sure. Chill, I, I, like, I stood <laughs> in a bar last night at like 11.30 p.m., closed my eyes and legitimately fantasized about my own bed. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's going to feel so good. I can't, I'm so excited. I, am, I have never been more ready to go home than I am right now. And I will be here for another 36 hours. And since your wife doesn't listen, I can say this. At this time next year, you're going to be talking to me about how beautiful the hotel sleep is on a work trip when the baby's under one. I didn't say that. You didn't hear that. All right. Cut Listen, that out. Okay. I understand that. I, and that's the thing is like, I'm, <laughs> I, this, this moment of like, I can't wait to go back home and see my wife is so precious to me because I was like, I will never ever have this again. I'll never feel this way yeah. for the rest of my life. This time next year, we wanted to go go home and see the little one. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I don't want Solak to get him. Only two things get him emotional. Uh, what was it? Lions and free agency and the thought of his child. Those are the two things that get him emotional. Shale, I would say about three trillion things get me <laughs> emotional. I'll cry at anything. All right. I, I've, I've not attended a wedding that I have not cried at in my entire life. 100% cry rate at weddings. You make up for my lack of emotional availability. That's why the extra point taken works. All right. Thank you to Ben Solak. Thank you to Christopher Sutton for producing Eduardo Ocampo for the video production. Additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. We will be back on Monday. Talk to you then, everyone. Have a great weekend. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT-IN-INDIANA. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.